0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high speed Wi Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at lq.com.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Happy Monday, everyone. This is the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Got a very exciting Monday show for you. The Women's Half Marathon world record got absolutely, completely destroyed over the weekend. We'll also talk about the Rotterdam Marathon and the European men's record going down there. Italy is mad about Marcel Jacobs not being included in the Men's Athlete of the Year Top 10. But first, I will say hello to my co-host, Gordon Mack. Gordon, good morning. How are you?
0: You know, yesterday, as a Philadelphia sports fan, was high and low. The low was the Eagles. The high, the Sixers. We beat OKC. You know, great, great win. Uh, but no, enough Philadelphia sports talk. I only talk for five seconds on that now. No, weekend was good. Went pumpkin patch. Went, uh, went on in a corn maze. Did a little apple cannon, which is really fun. You should take your kids here, yeah. man. You could put apples into a cannon and shoot it at targets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you know, that. That's great. I didn't know yeah. people without kids go to pumpkin patches.
0: Hell yeah, dude. I've gone to pumpkin patch past like three years. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah, I never went until I had kids. I didn't know do they don't, don't check ID. They don't check to make sure you have several <laughs> strollers with you. I didn't go until I had kids. And then every time I go, it just, all I see is kids, but that's sort of the vibe when you're a parent, all you do is you see kids yeah. everywhere you go. Like after you buy, well, a, they had like a car. You only see that type of car. Same type of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean they had a uh, they had like a beer carts around. So I got some. We had some drinks. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a corn maze, so that you just like f- f- frolicking through the corn maze. Uh, there was a pig race where we got to watch pigs race each other. It was fun.
1: I think they weren't okay. I think we went to the same one now. Now I'm thinking we went to the same one just on different weekends cause you're unless yeah. all of them are exactly the same. But everything Georgetown? you described.
0: Was it yes. in Georgetown? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that we when I was there? I saw you there. No, was I was there great.
1: last weekend. Last weekend. Okay. Two weekends ago. Yeah. But but anyway, we saw I got the we saw the Apple Cannon. My son wanted to do it. And I explained, No, it's you know, you had to be a grown up to shoot it. But really, it was because that was the thing you had to pay extra for. And I already had to pay thirty bucks a person to go in. And I was like, we're just gonna skip the extra stuff. Let's go get our well, faces painted.
0: That's actually a lie. You kind of lied to your son because you did yeah, get I do that one apple. You get one apple for free. So you can pay $1 <laughs> per apple, but the first yeah. apple is free. So I just went and shot okay. the one free apple. JoJo shot hit the it? other free apple. Yeah, I hit the target. Hell yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah, the what, this woman just completely exploded a giant pumpkin when we were there. And I thought that's as good as we're going to get. That's as exciting as it's going to be because a lot of people are missing wildly with the apple cannon. All right. Uh, let's get into it, Gordon. Let's get into it. We knew the war- women's world record was going to be vulnerable. I don't think anybody thought it was going to go sub 63. We had just gotten into, and not even officially, we had unofficially gotten into the the 63 second range, and then now Latensepet Gade completely, completely knocks it out of the park, 62.52 in Valencia. This was a Typo if you ever thought it was one. Like when you looked at the results. It's like wait a minute. sixty-three fifty-three? No. 62-52 for G'day. Fast pace. Uh, early on obviously. Never really abated. She just kept going and going and going. Um, Yelhalu who had the old unofficial record. Also went under the, the previous record there. She ran 63-51. So. The other person in the race beat the old world record and still lost by a minute. I mean, there's a lot to get to um, here, Gordon, but uh, the top line here at Gidea and just an all-time performance on the roads in Valencia.
0: Yeah, and it it was – we knew we were going to get something fast. We knew we probably were going to get potentially a world record. But I think seeing something this extreme, this far under the world record, we did not see. And when you compare this to other world records, it is probably the best, if not tied for the best record in women's running with all track and field and road racing. It is insane that to kind of comprehend what a sub 63 is for a woman right now in the year of 2021. And we can talk a little bit about how great of a record this is, but I kind of want to talk about why it happened. And I think this is a, a result of a long distance track athlete in their prime running on the roads. I think clearly she's in her best 10K, 5K shape with the way she's been running the past few years on the track. And then you just translate that into good environment road racing, which is what Valencia is. Black course, good conditions, great pacing. And you're gonna get these extreme marks. Like I think if we had like Prime Mo Farah before he kind of moved to the roads, going all out at a and a half, maybe you see something like this. Not to say Mo would have done what Gaday is doing. Gaday is definitely deserves all the credit. But the more and more times we see great track athletes who are still in their prime competing on the roads. We're going to see special things like we think that Day stuff is great, but we're like, wait till Hassan runs an all out mm-hmm. marathon, right? Wait till she wins all out half. Right. So it gets me excited to know that there's a group of really high class track women who are, have yet to really show the world what they can do in the marathon and in the half marathon in the roads, you know? So I, yeah. it's, it's incredible
1: so i would put that in the category of the half marathon not being fully optimized and i think most people would agree to that just because it's not run that frequently when it is it's run as as a tune-up sometimes for a marathon and then you have this pool of 5k 10k runners who have obviously the speed advantage over the road people but they just don't end up running it that often or they do it at the end of the season Get the appearance fee and move on but i think that's only yeah. one i think that's only one part of it i would also put obviously the shoes into it i'd put the course as i mentioned everything in valencia is fast there doesn't seem to be a single race in valencia it doesn't matter if it's a track or the road it's ridiculously quick the pacing i'd say was phenomenal gordon as well in the beginning i don't know if it was an intentionally set up like this and the is with nn running and all they do is break records as well, too. It doesn't matter who puts on the jersey for them. They're able to set up these races that, that go incredibly quick. But early on, she almost had that Kipchoge-Vienna setup where she had the people in front of her, the the male pacers. Then she had Yahuwah behind her and then a group behind as well, too. So the, the pacing on both sides, which is what they changed for Kipchoge between Monza and Vienna. Now, eventually, that back group fell off. And it was just two people up front, two male pacers up front. And I I laughed a bit because I was watching the commentary and with about 15 minutes to go, the commentators saying, man, I wish the pacers would step off, give her the stage. She can take it from here. And I'm thinking to myself, well, no, the goal is to just completely smash this record. They're still helping her. They're still giving her something to chase. So the pacing from the male pacers and just the presence of everybody around it helped immensely too. And then I'd say the fifth thing and this goes back to your point before of just a long distance athlete, a distance track athlete going to the roads. But I just say good day specifically. There's obviously something about her where this distance clicks because, listen, she's done the 5K record on the track. She's done the 10K record on the track. But then when it comes time for championships, we all picked Hassan. She got beat by Hassan. She faded the bronze just because she doesn't have that, that closing kick because basically nobody has that closing kick of Hassan. But she's still... I think she's still a huge talent, obviously. So taking her, not just any, she's not just any 10K runner, you know, she's run those insane five and 10K marks, but putting her in the half marathon, I think those five things combined, and you can argue maybe one was worth 20%, one was worth 30, one was worth 10 or something like that. But I think it was those five things together made this combination of, of 62, 52 possible.
0: Yeah, and for the like you said, the half marathon isn't run that often in uh in marquee. We do have the half marathon world championships, but when people think of roads, you think of marathon marks. When people think of track, they think that the longest is ten k. So half marathon kind of falls through the wayside. But I did a little bit IAAF scoring tables. Yeah, and Travis, if you can put us up yet here, we if he's still here, he might he might have left. But I'll I'll run through it. It is kind of insane when you compare what this mark is in other events. So according to scoring tables, sixty-two fifty-two is equivalent to one thousand three hundred and twenty-five uh right. points. Right? So in a women's mile, that's a four hundred two mile. Mm-hmm. In a women's five <laughs> K, that's a thirteen thirty-nine five K. In a marathon, it's 2-11-16. eleven sixteen. Let's look into some sprints. Four hundred meter hurdles. What's the world record mm. in the four hundred meter hurdles right now? Fifty one eight. Yeah, this is a fifty point two nine. <laughs> eight hundred. It's a one fifty one. Four hundred. Four yeah. hundred. It's a forty seven ten. And in the one hundred, it's a ten forty four
1: all right here's here's what I want to ask you though. those are all hypothetical marks. those are based on charts, but there are a couple ways to to think about this of these three, which is the most impressive Is it looking at the conversion marks so you have let's just stick with the distance stuff there because then in the sprint stuff goes way crazy yeah so yeah. on the on the distance side you said two eleven well, the distance goes crazy too you had two eleven and then what thirteen forty something
0: yeah thirteen thirty nine five k okay. So and a four oh two mile.
1: So what's the craziest, most head exploding way to think about it? Is it the conversion marks? Is it looking at some of these splits, and how they rank against just women's performances all time at that distance? She went out, Gordon, in fifteen. Then her next five k, she was she, she finished. She went through ten k at twenty nine forty five. So she ran a fourteen forty five, which is better than a lot of countries national record it would be way up there on the all-time list so is it that is it the performance charts or is it how her performance compares all time to men's performances because this race was run at the same time as the men some of these athletes i mean they weren't running slow they're still at the finish line holding up the flag posing for a picture the men and then good coming in there and finishing which way is most impressive for you which way to think about it
0: Well, I think the fact that she basically ran a 15 flat 5K and then basically handed a baton virtually to a prime Shannon Roberry. Mm
1: -hmm. No, a
0: prime Molly Huddle and a prime Shalane Flanagan in the 5K.
1: Like, these people, like
0: Molly Huddle's 5K PB is 1442, Flanagan's is 1444. Like, it's insane to think that back to back 14 fours at the after running a fifteen flat is what she did. And yeah. sure, she got a running head start, but I don't think that's enough <laughs> to to make up for how, how quick of a last two five K's that is.
1: Yeah. I'm with I'm with you on it because the charts are the charts and some of those things you can get you can get pretty strange results from if you if you look at them and again those are all theoretical marks but we know the the hard and how fast you know sub 15 is for 5k for the women. Here's what David Monty wrote in the recap. He says recorded a day record official splits of 15 2945 4429 and 5946. That's for 20k. She averaged under 259 per kilometer. Essentially she ran back to back 10k's of 2945 and 3001. Then held on for the last 1,097.5 meters to become the first woman to break 63 minutes for the distance. Her time would have broken the men's world record as recently as 1976. And if you want to do the men's thing, which again it you know has pedals on it too, because how frequently is this com- contested? But only 88 U.S. men have run faster in history than
0: 62.52. Yeah, so it's like an indictment on U.S. men's road running. But, That's why
1: I didn't want to go too far down that road. Yeah. I wanted to just stick with comparing it to the women's performances. But it does give you an idea of the, the, the scope here of just how difficult this was to comprehend. Again, we were we were bracing for sixty three something, sixty three thirty even would have been a huge bump down, especially the ratified record. But it would have been it would have been seen much differently than all going all the way down to to sixty two, fifty two. I just She's just, uh, I mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal performance. This is her debut uh, in the in the distance as well, too. And ran like it. Just no fear at all from the get go. Was getting her pace. She was like pushing her pacer to go quicker early on.
0: Okay, you know, not to dunk on U.S. men's distance running more. Yeah, let's but, not turn sure into like, that. Where sure where, that. where would G'day hypothetically finish at a 2024 Olympic trials in the marathon.
1: I don't know how well she'd do in the marathon, but here's the other thing I was looking at. Look at this historically for the women. Nobody broke 65 until 2017. Isn't that wild to think about? And now we're at a 6252. And that's where – it goes back to your point of higher quality people running the race but i also could add in another category which is like people are taking the half marathon more seriously and there's more opportunities especially on the women's side because this isn't just uh this is this is it's not as if everybody in the half marathon um just started running fast for the last five years because you go to the men's list right and the men's list yes okay everybody's gonna look at valencia last year and look at the top four times in history all came from the same race four guys sub 58 that's insane but then you you still have uh Tedesse number 9 all time who ran 5823 again that's almost a minute back of the world record but it's still a top 10 mark all time um he also has a number 9 mark and then Sammy Wangiro the late Sammy Wangiro uh number 10 still with 5833 you go in the women's list you do not see times um Outside of the last last five years, as high up, so it's really the women getting going, taking and taking the opportunity. Maybe um, again, like you said, more more track people. But I think it's just more more depth is just breeding these faster and faster races because we've just seen the record go down and down and down. A, a, you know, time after time now.
0: Yeah, and I do think like half marathon has notorious been the tune up race, right? It's a race yeah, you do to yeah. get ready for your marathon and if it's a tune-up race you're not trying to run top 10 all-time marks if it's a tune-up race but there might have been a little bit of a shift where now people are looking at the half marathon as an opportunity race and to to run a fast time and focus and like peaking for a half no one people typically aren't peaking for half marathons but in this situation clearly the day was peaking for this half marathon not that all half marathons were never peaked for. Like clearly people still try to run fast, but there's definitely been a change of a wave change in how people approach certain races. I mean, hell, we had people running the one hour world record attempt yeah. in 2020. Like yeah. Things are changing. So yeah.
1: Well, you just again you do look at the all-time list now. So you have these two you have these two 2021 performances. Then the Chip Negich was earlier this year, 2021. So that's the three fastest in all time, assuming everything gets ratified. Then this is the these are the dates of the other ones: 2019, 2020, 2021, 2020, 2017, 2021, 2017, 2018, 2018, 2018, 2018 2017. That's the top 15. And then you got to go all the way down to Paula Radcliffe's 65:40, which was done on a downhill course. If you want to count that, that's number 36 all time from 03. And then you have, um. Number thirty-eight, nine all time. Again, that's a downhill course. Like, it's just, it's just so. It's a different race now, than it used to be. The men, I know the 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 top has changed, but there's still for the men those those fifty-eight minute times that were run, um, in the early two thousands that are still hanging out there, from from several guys. Not, it's not just Chan, uh Changuero and Tedese. There's a couple guys in there who have run sub 59s now maybe we'll get to a point where the men are breaking 57 so then we look at 58 in a completely different light but the women especially have just
0: added depth on top of the depth here okay last question i'm just gonna over under top 10 day could do at the u.s men's olympic trials in the marathon in 2024
1: oh over because i think this is her distance I think the, I think this is, I think half marathon is now she'll run a good marathon at some point in her career, but to your point about track people moving up for some people, their best distance is the half marathon. You can make an argument, Dathan Ritzenheim's best distance, like was the half marathon or Jeffrey Kamwarer's best distance is the half marathon. The problem is you can only get a medal at it during the world half marathon championships, which not a lot of people prioritize. So you you either gotta go down to the track or you're gonna go all the way up to the marathon. So I think this is her perfect distance. Will she run a a 2.15 one day or a 2.16 one day, or maybe even a a 2.14? Sure, but I don't think we'll see something equivalent to it. What'd you say, 2.11 on the chart? I'm gonna- Yeah, 2.11 is a chart. I'm gonna say and, that's not gonna happen. I, I I might end up eating my words here because I said sub two wouldn't happen, and I never would have said 62.52 would it wouldn't happen. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say 211 is not gonna happen.
0: Yeah. But if it did happen, 211,
1: then she would be top ten. Yes.
0: She would yes. be top ten. She, so Because yeah. yeah. 212 was top ten uh, in 2020.
1: Yeah. 20, so I'll go I'll go over. I just think this is this is the situation that you get when you have a woman who's run 14.06, right? And 29.01 and the 29.01 she ran last year. She ran the 29.01 five, 10 years ago, then got a bunch of medals on the track and then moved on to the roads. She ran the 29.01 last year, she ran the 14.06 two years ago. So these are recent performances. This is who she is. She added probably a couple other long runs to a repertoire, maybe extended things a, a little bit, but. This is what happens when you see that that type of speed. Can everybody who's run fourteen oh six and twenty nine oh one run a sixty two fifty two? Like for the men, is that the expectation now too?
0: Should be. I mean. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We did have a, a an American in this race on the men's side, Frank Laura. He ran sixty one flat. Pretty impressive for him. I think that's a big, big PB. PB.
1: yeah, great race for him. That's the tied for number nine all time in the U.S. That race, obvious on the men's side, was crazy quick. They didn't get the world record, but you had seven guys sub fifty nine. which again, that pales in comparison to to um, last year when you had at the in in December last December when you had four guys sub fifty eight, but. I think if you put, remember you talked about the idea before. Right after they, we talked about right after they graduate, get all the graduating NCAA American athletes to run a fast half. Just go to Valencia and do it, and just see who's got the potential for the roads. Because you'd find out. I agree with that. You'd find you'd you'd find out that a lot of people could run fast. Not to say that they would be contending and breaking world records all the time, but the level has gone up, and I think the Americans would would go with them as well too. They're just not they're just not in these races. But sixty two fifty two. So, still m- makes me laugh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well so a little bit back on the frank, sixty one flat, you buying or sell you you buy in that that stock going into twenty twenty four.
1: What am I guy b- for running six
0: for making an Olympic team in the twenty twenty four trials?
1: Twenty twenty four trials young Guy, yeah.
0: Right now, it I mean, we don't know if Rupp's gonna go all the way to twenty twenty four, but let's assume let's assume he doesn't. That makes it more fun. If there's three spots and they're all kind of just like anybody's spots, right? Except, you know, Abdi yeah. Hamid is probably gonna Abi's probably gonna take one. But um Yeah. <laughs> would you yeah. what would you believe in a, a Frank Lara, former Furman athlete? He's run he's run pretty well on the track in the 10K and 5K, now runs a sixty one.
1: You know I have a soft spot in my heart for Furman, Gordon. I mean, here's the guys who are ahead of him. Here are just some of the names who are ahead of him on the all-time list. Hall, Rupp, Career, Ritz, Jalanga. That's the top five. I mean, he has his half marathon is as fast as Meb's half marathon. PB. (laughs) Both run 61 flat. Why not? I just... I want to see it in a marathon. I think he should come back and do the Valencia marathon though too. I think he should keep the good thing going here and just come back in December for for Valencia. Don't run any of these U.S. marathons where everybody gets bogged down in in this 210 to 213 range. Just run with a bunch of dudes who are going to go out in 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 20, 202 pace and ride the wave. He did a good job. I mean, like it would have been. It must have been difficult not to get sucked in. And this race just looked like the whole thing was in fast forward. But yeah, if you take out Rupp. You could make a case for anybody. Yeah. So of, of course, of course, the 61's going to look great. I just wonder how many other 61s are we going to have or sub 61s are we going to have before we get to 2024? What do you think?
0: I think we're going to have a lot. I think there will be, a, I think people are just going to slowly shift into a new gear. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see Houston half pulling in a bunch of faster half marathons. But yeah, if Frank Lara is a 61, you have to assume that there's other athletes out there who can run at his pace because Frank is like a middle of the pack elite distance runner on the U S side. So if he's pushing the average, I feel like if anything, he's just lowering the average, right? He's like, Hey guys, sixty one's the new top eight type yeah. place you need to be. And hopefully other athletes like Connor Mance comes out, you know, runs there and, the, mm-hmm. the other people who have been in it, you know, like the Jake Riley's and maybe a Ben True comes back, gets into there. Yeah. You know. Maybe the, the, the
1: maybe maybe he's unique though. Maybe he has true. something at this distance that we didn't know. Because you look at the guys in front of them, and, yeah, there's some people who didn't have great marathon careers. But as I mentioned at the top, there's still Hall, Rupp, career who ran a good marathon. Right? He ran he ran two oh seven. And then you have Ritz there as well, too. It's funny though, you look at the dates of a lot of these halves, and to your point, it's all tune up stuff for the most part. Not all of it. Yeah. Which makes sense because when it was when these races were, were being held. But Hall's wasn't, right? Hall's was that record attempt in Houston. Yeah, he was gonna run a marathon, um, you know, compete that spring, but it it was early enough to where it wasn't just a a tune up, and you wonder how many of these guys would have run faster if it was just flat out from the gun your training your whole training cycle is about half marathon that's it
0: anyway we won't know next topic we won't know next, next topic, topic
1: Gordon let's um,
0: do 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 do. uh
1: Bashir Abdi let's stick one well on the roads Bashir Abdi of the Netherlands broke the European men's marathon record in Rotterdam, 203.36. That's the second fastest time in the world this year. We were wondering, hey, are we going to see some some sub-204s? Well, the fast times are coming. And credit to Abdi, Gordon. He's one of the few who was able to figure out how to run well at the Olympics and run well this fall with the bronze and now the the European record. Pretty ideal last couple months for Abdi. Of Did I say the Netherlands? I meant Belgium. My apologies.
0: Netherlands, Belgium, potato, potato, everyone gets those mixed up. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, everyone they don't. No, no, stuff,
1: no, 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 Belgium. Bashir Abdi. Let me start that again. Bashir Abdi of Belgium breaks the European marathon record. Uh, does it clocking us up to 204, 203.36 in, in Rotterdam to back up his bronze medal in in the Tokyo Olympics. He's got to watch. He's got to watch for sure because you've got the fast time now combined with the the great tactical race in Tokyo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once you have both, you have the the medal and the time. Then you become like a true dual, let's some say a dual threat runner. Mm-hmm. You can handle the fast nice. pace, but you also can handle the tactical race.
1: Hmm. with Mofera. so he's been and he was in that hour record race. You talked about hour records before. You know, he was. He's, there's a great hour record alum list now brewing. <laughs> That's the proving ground for, yeah. for elite athletes now. But yeah, the replay of the race, uh, if you're in US, Canada, UK, Australia, you can watch it on, uh, on FlowTrack and see that a two o sub 204. Another fast time outside of a major too, Gordon. Like the races that it's we're happening. talking about are, are Valencia, are Rotterdam, Milan, races like that. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, I think, uh... what do you think the reason for that trend is? I feel like, is it because these non-major marathons are just getting better at enticing fast times that is more valuable to them than an extra $10,000 in appearance fee? Yeah,
1: I think it's similar to Diamond League versus Continental Tour. Yeah, you're still on average going to get the best... Overall fields at Diamond League versus Continental Tour, but that doesn't mean that Warholm's not going to show up, perhaps to a Continental Tour, or you might get an amazing hundred with Shelly Ann and and Elaine Thompson, hurrah, in a hundred. And I think that's what's going on here too. You can still pull an athlete or two, and just because, just because the majors have bigger budgets, doesn't mean some of these other marathons don't have big budgets themselves and with something like Valencia where they're being financed by a super rich guy who just like spends a gajillion dollars on road racing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah you want to be the world marathon major champion but for enough money and enough prize structure or prize incentives you'll you'll run wherever and there's enough good people to spread it out to where New York can get their five to six big names per gender london boston chicago berlin and then there's still 10 or 11 other people that are big names or or emerging names and then you put them on a fast course and run a fast time i think that's just the reality of it i think too a lot of people want to be guaranteed a fast time so you're not going to run the u.s based um well you'd run chicago perhaps although that wasn't that fast this year but it's just for them, New York and Boston are not going to be in the equation unless you're going to get a good paycheck. So then that yeah. cuts it down. And if you want to be guaranteed a fast time, like right now, where I would go to Valencia if I had to choose anywhere, I would go to Valencia if I was guaranteed a fast time. I go to BU for an indoor track and I go to Valencia for a road race. Two places I go outdoor track, if I want to drop that 100 PB, I go to Claremont. I pick up that. Imagine. 2.0.
0: Imagine if they put a BU track. They, re, they ship that. They oh. tear it down and rebuild it on Valencia property land. Oh, interesting. interesting. Are, we, are we seeing like 340 miles all of a sudden? Is that what we're going to start seeing? Yeah.
1: Well, G'day's chart is going to come to, to, to fruition. It's just going to be her pace, her pace charts, her point tables are going to come to real life. I, was, I thought you could say you, you take the Claremont actual surface and you lay that down on the roads of Valencia. I guess you could do that with the BU trampoline as well too. the the wind surface
0: with wind 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 on the bu track in the in the land of valencia and then you're just running world records
1: every day (laughs) exactly exactly i think yeah i just think marathon running like track and field has always been democratized for the most part is law as much as they try to have a simple structure and a routine for the meets, and all the big names are going here there's just enough chaos to where people break it. And in a year like this year where you had the all, the all the majors in the fall, it just caused a little bit more havoc than normal and budgets were probably different for different people. You're also seeing the different strategies and some races put a lot of money into appearance fees and time bonuses and other races put a lot of money into places. And depending on where you're at as an athlete, one maybe appeals more. To the other i do know that majors lock up athletes for multi-year contracts too so a lot of your money is probably tied up in a kipchoge or in a Kosgei, and then this new marathon comes to town and says hey well you know london's not going to be able to pay you this much or berlin or boston river's not gonna be able to pay you this much i can pay you this much why don't you come here i feel like there's less talk to about the world marathon majors in terms of like the prize structure, right? Do you remember in the beginning, it was who's got the most points over the two-year cycle, the half a million dollars, that got a lot of talk. Now I feel like we mostly just talk about them as singular race races as opposed to yeah. the the circuit. And maybe that's yeah, just because yeah, Kipchoge, okay. just he's like, he won and he won again yeah. and he kept winning. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, all right, let's talk about uh, Marcel Jacobs. Yeah, Italy in particular. Italy is mad. Italy is mad because War Athletics announced the 10 men for the athlete of the year finalists. And they are Joshua Chepteguy, Ryan Krauser, Mondo Duplanis, Jakob ingebrigtsen Ilya Kipchoge, Pedro Pichardo, Danny Stahl, uh, Mintilatis Tentaglu in the long jump, Damian Warner, and then Carson Warholm. So Marcel Jacobs is not on that list. Despite winning the 100 meter gold medal. Now here are the quotes, Gordon, from the Italian Olympic Committee President Giovanni Malago. He said, "It's profoundly wrong. It's profoundly wrong. Uh, and he said it was a lack of respect as well too. Now, let's just dig into the numbers a little bit here. I think, man, they left out the 100 meter Olympic champion, but also not on that list. The 200 meter Olympic champion, the 400 meter Olympic champion, the 800 meter Olympic champion, the 10,000 meter Olympic champion, the steeplechase Olympic champion, the high hurdle Olympic champion. (laughs) I could go on and on. A lot of Olympic champions were not on there because they're only picking 10 athletes here. Now, what case does Jacobs have? Let's just look at his outdoor performances. Pre Olympics, and he ran five. 100 meter meets. He lost two of them. They so went three and three and two, you could say. Then he wins the Olympics. Post Olympics, he didn't run. <laughs> Not one race. Didn't race at all. So listen Italy, you won the four by one. You got that high jump gold. Very memorable. You got Jacobs. You won the Euro Cup in soccer this year. You had a lot of things go right for you. He is not in the top 10. There is no argument for him to be in the top 10. It is not profoundly wrong. It is not a lack of respect. It is merely an awareness of the whole season of track and field. And Jacobs is not in the top 10. In fact, I'll go further. A lot of those athletes I mentioned and those event winners who won gold in Tokyo would have been included before him if they included 15 people he probably would not have been on that list and he should not have been on that list and if he wanted to have been be on that list he should have run more it's pretty simple
0: well said lad a little this i was you know i wasn't even surprised that marcel jacobs wasn't in the top 10 I was surprised that Andre de wasn't in the top 10. Cause I think Andre de has a, a reason to say, I'm a top 10 athlete. He was third in the world rankings. And while he has an Olympic win as well in the 200, I would take an Andre de Grasse over a Jakob Ingebrigtsen, over a Tentagaloo, over a Kipchoge. I would take yeah. De Grasse over a Kipchoge. Um, so if the, I'm willing to fight for the sprint fans out there that there should have been an Andre de Grasse in the top 10, but I'm not there to, to yeah. fight for the Italian sprint fans because if you're going to get, if Jacob is it, if we're going to let Jacob's in we need to let de Grasse in. We need to let Kenny Benerik in and we need to let Fred Curley in because and Stephen Gardner while you did and Stephen Gardner because while you, well, I'm st- sticking short sprints for now, uh, because well, while you did beat Fred Curley in the hundred and DeGrasse in the hundred in the Olympics, you didn't. You chose to stay home to not run after the Olympics. You also chose to not dominate in your event the way Curley and DeGrasse dominated back and forth in their events. And yeah, Kenny B yeah. has run sub twenty. Freaking, the, he's still doing it. He's like on number fifty of sub twenties. Right, he's running sub twenty yeah. every time he gets on the track. So I would put. Curly, Benarik, and DeGrasse in before I even put Jacobs in. Um, Now, here's the thing. When they do do this, they kind of treat it like the Senate, where they're not going to just put a person, like nine people from LA, and they're all in, and then one person from Wyoming, Right. They're gonna to wanna to have a person from PA, a person from Texas. Like they're gonna to wanna to have a person from every state, aka every event. So they don't want to really cross put more than one in the, from the same event. So that's why it's Warhol. They didn't put any sprinters in. I and guess, so they, they didn't Warholm put any sprinters in. Yeah. I guess yeah. Warhol technically is the sprinter. You know? Yeah. But
1: Let's, yeah. I agree. That's what they did. I wouldn't Jakob should be in there cuz I think Jakob's a top 6 guy if I scored this out. But you're right about Kipchoge. But the ref- we they want to put Kipchoge there because yes, the other performance was dominant, but his other race this year, he ran at the airport in <laughs> Netherlands, he beat everybody, but was that a real race and then are you going to put somebody in who only runs once? Listen, I mean, I'm a, he's won it twice and he deserved it both times. He might even deserve it again. This just wasn't this just wasn't the year for him. People like Tentaglue and Stahl, they have these under-the-radar under the seasons because they're in field events, but you go back and you look and you're like, oh, wow, they only lost once or twice or they had uh, all the top marks. I still stick with uh, Krauser one, Warholm two. I go Warner is, is my third spot, and then I think you, you could have, uh, Mondo. I think you'd have Mon- Mondo. I'd have Mondo four, and then I think I'd have like, Ingebrigtsen and Stahl there in some order five and six. But to your point, yes, DeGrasse. DeGrasse, I think, should have been on here. I would have moved probably Kipchoge off of it, which is a weird thing to say. But your point stands. They could have invited three just sprinter of the years, men's sprinter of the year nominees to Monaco, and Jacobs wouldn't have been on the list, and he shouldn't have been on the list. Here, I just I don't I don't mean to pile on here, but this is just so obvious, right? That it's not who won the Olympics this year. It is athlete of the entire year if you're putting him on he, he Hansel Parchment you should put Hansel Parchment in there too yeah big upset at the Olympics um uh knocked off the big dog when the time came ran the great race uh you put Hansel Parchment in there probably ahead of him as
0: well too right actually Parchment would be in before Jacobs in my mind because one Parchment be a more dominant figure in Grant Holloway and Parchment went on and continued running and, like, had yeah. other performances throughout the, the season and pre and, and after. I I think a win over Grant Holloway in the Olympic final is 10 times more impressive than a win over Fred Curley in the Olympic final. No offense to Fred Curley. I'm just – I think Curley probably maybe even agree with that. He's like, yeah, Grant Holloway is pretty damn good. He's one 100th away from breaking the freaking world record, right? So mm-hmm. – Par- Parchment's yeah. Olympic performance is more impressive than Jacobs and Parchment's on. And I don't think Jamaica's out there screaming, we want Hansel, uh-huh. right? I don't, I don't think that's happening because I think they recognize. Is, is, it, is,
1: is Kenya clamoring for the Emanuel career candidacy or is that just you?
0: No, I, dude, I used to be so hot on the Emanuel career train and like jumped off it right before it mattered. And I could have won money anyway. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Jacobs. They just, you know, they just, well, the, the, who said this? An Italian random guy it in a the, restaurant? Well, who was the, no, who was the it was who the that?
1: Italian Olympic Committee president, the president of the entire Olympic Committee.
0: Okay. Well, we got to remind the Olympic Committee, like, track and field is not one event. And, uh, yeah. not everyone that won, like you said, not everyone that won a title was in the top 10. So, I mean, it's going to get said, crazier because, I mean, the top ten is basically a way for us to be like, "Hey, it's really competitive. You're not going to be in the top yeah. three, but we're going to give you the little top ten moniker, right?" Yeah. Like it's a, it's going to be a way for like on the women's side for us to recognize a thing Mo and Sydney McLaughlin without having to give them a top three spot because we have to recognize what they both did is incredible, but they just happen to be doing it in a less you know they have less set of uh, people. There's just better people in that season yeah. with Hassan, Hara, and Rojas. But yeah, Jacobs is not is not a Sydney McLaughlin. Is not in the thing Mo like. Yeah, look, I, yeah. there's so it's
1: not, it's not close. It's not close. It's not even debatable. This is it's silly. And he says the president said a lack of respect toward our two athletes. So they're talking about Tambiri as well there too. I guess if World Athletics invited Barshim and not Tambiri, that would have been an interesting then, way to confused but he didn't get invited either so i don't know he just thinks that the hundred is the only event that, that that matters and you like put his season against warholm or krauser's season it's it's just hilarious it's no contest it's people don't understand what they're going against and that's why when people get mad why was this person not nominated why is that person you have to ask okay who are you taking off so because invariably on the women's side, as you mentioned, you know Sydney might get left off, or Sifan might get left off of that final three, and they don't realize how people don't realize how good Rojas's season was, or on the men's side they don't yeah. realize how good Krauser' season was, or what Warholm people realize what Warholm's done because it was such a high profile moment at the Olympics. But there's only three spots, so tell me who you're taking off there, and what more that person could have done because if you have an olympic gold and then a couple losses and you only ran a handful of times i'm sorry that's just not going to get it done like the bar is so high to win this thing and to be even nominated
0: one thing i did like though about this list is we kind of have been debating for the past few months who is actually the best men's sprinter right there was a moment where we're like it's degrasse and then we're like then Jacobs comes in and kind of flips it upside down. Then it's like, oh, it's the fastest guy, it's it's Rommel. Now it's Curly, because Curly's running out of his mind. Yeah. Oh, maybe Baneric. Oh, well, Lyles though, that came out and ran a fast 19.5. We constantly had a, a pro and con for like five different people when it comes to men's short sprints, 100 and 200. And it, we, we both kind of agreed, there kind of isn't a, a true number one, right? Especially after the Diamond League finals, where not one person didn't win both, right? There was yeah. two different winners, so it kind of it's even harder. And I think World Athletics recognized that, that there wasn't really one true standout sprinter. And I feel like they didn't want to elect who that person was. So they're like, all right, we're just not going to pick any of them. We're going to leave all five of the top sprinters off the list because we can't deci- decisively say... Gr- Gross is the guy or decisively say Curly's a guy or Jacobs is the guy or Ben Nerick's the guy, right? They kind of want to be like, mm-hmm. you guys all are eliminated. <laughs> That's what I feel like they did. Yeah.
1: And if your event has a lot of parity, that means you're not going to get nominated probably. You're not going to have someone representing your event because they're not going to send three different people from the same event. The exception would be is if you have just two complete all timers and you are splitting wins back and forth but if you have the situation like you did in the men's hundred this year or in the men's 800 to a certain extent there's not gonna send anybody because how do you pick and there's so many other people who go through the season and have no losses or one or two losses you're gonna pick them because if you're not the best in your event you can't be the best athlete of the year by its very definition yeah you cannot be the best athlete of the year so you got to pass that first hurdle but the trick is your competition has to be good enough to where your wins really meant something to separate yourself from the competition that's the that's the fine line there you gotta draw
0: but yeah overall I'm happy with the list. it is weird having those the three sprinters off but whatever and then on the women's side Shelly and Fraser Price didn't make it but I think that's just like hey they kind of want to just we got to, we know Elaine Thompson is in over Shelly Ann, so we're just gonna to have to Elaine gets the slot the, of female sprinter, right? Same thing with Christine Boma. She got left off because she was always, you know, finishing second in her events. I was surprised mm-hmm. Shawnee Miller Weibo made it. But that cause read, read the while ten. she did Can you read the ten. Oh, the ten are Elaine Thompson, hurrah, Safana San. Y- Yulmar Rojas, Faith Capiegan, Maria Blastysenki, Valerie Allman, Camacho Quinn, Miller Weibo, McLaughlin, and Moe I think mm. I get why Miller Weibo, but like, what Miller Weibo? The visual of seeing like Miller Weibo like get dead last in a two hundred, it's just like kind of weird, right? She she clearly is a two four person, but like had kind of like a fake two hundred kind of season. So I would have preferred someone else take that spot but overall I mean, i'm not gonna
1: i would have put care, care about Ann my over eight or
0: nine or ten person you know i would have yeah, put shelly she, in I, over A. miller away though that's what i would have
1: done i would have put shelly in in that in that group over a couple people i would have recognized the fact that hey this is the top 10 i'm not saying this is going to be the final three but you got to recognize that season for what it was which is a historic season even though it was the second best season in that event. It was still a historic. It was still a top ten this season. Season. Yeah. Her being second best in the hundred was better than the the first best. Or, you know, the the best performance in other events from people. That's just the reality of it. When you look at how good she ran, even in defeat and sometimes in victory, because every win over Elaine Thompson, hurrah, is an incredible feat because of how good Elaine Thompson, hurrah, is. So that's one where I think they oversimplified it a bit and didn't didn't put um didn't put thought into how important and how good second best was this year in the women's 100 but ultimately only three people make the trip if they're actually doing a trip so what really matters is the 3 she wasn't going to make the 3 she didn't have a case for the 3 does she have a case for 4 through 10 yes i would put her in the 4 through 10 range
0: yeah and Marcel Jacob, he's, he's got a he's got a case for what sixteen to twenty four.
1: Yeah, Jamaica's got a lot to be mad about. Hansel Parchment and Shelly Ann not, not being on there. Yeah, Jacob's sixteen to twenty four. I don't know where is he at on the when you do the actual rankings. Where are they at the world rankings? Oh, is I he know. close? I, I wonder where he. Let me look at this men's. Let's see this word. Me Travis here uh he is jacobs 25th so you said six you said 16 to 24
0: yeah right out right outside
1: yeah that's probably accurate i'd put rye benjamin ahead of him i'm just looking at other people on the list there's a lot of people who didn't win gold who i would put ahead of him as well too who ran more frequently okay um podcast at is the email address. Oh, I wanted to mention too, uh, you're not the only one with a YouTube show, Gordon. I mean, we both have a YouTube show because it's on YouTube, but I'm a separate YouTube show, is what I meant. Okay. Um, you have the NCAA XC show, which comes out every Tuesday. I'm excited for this this week's edition. Uh, you get a lot of feedback, you told me, from coaches sometimes too, and in the comments, yeah. which is exciting. You, you should do a segment where you read anonymous texts that you get from coaches. Actually, you say it, but then you bleep it just because bleeping is fun. Like, and beep from boop sent me this. But none of the information is actually specific, I, so we wouldn't know. But it's just yeah, like, you're an idiot.
0: I, It's just all it is. Or I keep like the word state. So like, burp from boop state. and Okay, so we know it's something state. Okay, so it's either yeah, Utah yeah, State, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State, Colorado State which
1: one is it and they just and they just say and you just and you just show what it is that they said completely out of context too like nice rankings moron something like that it'd be good anyway i have a i did a race breakdown i'm gonna do one of these uh per week through the end of 2021 one hopefully hopefully (laughs) first one was on Jakob ingerbertson's indoor european 1500 meter record so check it out it's like six six minutes long it's on the main flow track podcast YouTube channel dove into some stats. I made a table Gordon there looking at how the 1500 at the championships has gotten faster over these past couple of years because of the likes of Cherry and um pushing the pace, but the regular season has basically stayed the same. So w- what we have here is the championships more closely mirroring the regular season in a way that we haven't seen before. So you check it out. It's a, it's a quick view. Uh, it's on the flow track um youtube channel also some sad news before we go we got word last last week it's just been a horribly tragic set of days here in the track and field worlds alex quinones the sprinter from ecuador um died uh, was shot in ecuador um reportedly killed outside of a shopping center according to reports quinones was third at the doha world championships in 2019 um He had a 200-meter PB of 19.87, you know, the the big name in Ecuadorian sprinting and had been, you know, sort of mainstay on on the Diamond League circuit. So incredibly sad, especially, you know, coming on the heels of of the news about Agnes Tearup as well.
0: Yeah, it's like when I saw that news, I was like, oh, my God, again? Like these things are supposed to be rare, not often within like a few days of each other yeah thoughts and prayers to the ecuadorian uh track and field community um hey he was a he was one of those like surprise runners right it was like what this guy's getting third at, in doha um and you know it's kind of hard to like m- sprinting men sprinting in the world is like one of the hardest events to like Excelling, right? We see how great mm-hmm. U.S. sprinting is, and obviously, uh you know, Jamaican sprinters and all just in general. Like, if you want to be the top in the top three in, in the world in a 200, you got to be one of an all time greats, in my opinion. And so, for him to come out of Ecuador and pull off a bronze medal is extremely impressive. And I'm sure the Ecuadorian community is going to always remember that third place finish. And it's a bummer, mm-hmm. man. These things aren't supposed to happen, but they, they happen.
1: Yeah. I was the first athlete from Ecuador to win a global medal in any, any track event. That was it. And in the U S and in these larger countries, you're used to having representation in a bunch of different events. And sometimes you forget that some countries just have the one athlete or the two athletes. And for them, bronze is just this, Huge accomplishment, you know? And if they get out of a world championships or an Olympics with a medal or two, it's it's cause for celebration. And he was obviously one of those athletes that represented a country like that. So yeah, thinking of the Ecuadorian track and field community and everybody in the track and field community who knew Alex's incredibly sad, sad story. Um as I mentioned, the email address, floor track Podcast at gmail.com. Gordon, what do we have coming up the rest of the week?
0: So uh cross country cross country show tomorrow going to break down who is on the bubble with making the meet the top 31 teams pulled out the Coloss calculator. Wednesday going to be a going to be a freaky show, don't know. I mean maybe we'll save the freaky show for Friday for Halloween. But when do we, when do mm-hmm. we do our freaky show? Are we doing a Wednesday or are we doing a Friday? Cuz Friday Let's do Friday. Yeah, Friday's conference championships. Uh, so we mm-hmm. might do a live pod right after the morning sessions so we can kind of react to the results in real time. But we'll figure it out. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. Okay. Glad you yeah. ran that one by me before you told everybody. That's good. Okay. Well, we'll figure that one out. <laughs> how about this? How about this uh, episode title? How the L- Tensibet Kade could upend the NCAA cross-country championships? Three question marks. <laughs> you like it? No?
0: No? How, how, I don't yeah maybe we'll do more ben simmons talk right you don't have to there. get it
1: you don't have to get it you just you just put it as the title and then you talk about anything else <laughs> or just know. how about was so it enough. the
0: shoes that's what we're doing that's one of shoe content right
1: well for lincoln it was the lights remember lincoln got into oh, hot lights, water yeah. when, she, when she broke the world record in the in the 5k because because he got mad about the lights and then he said, he, you could probably go back and dig out some Lincoln quotes there of him basically saying she wasn't a world record holder. And this is not going to look very good in a couple of years when she isn't the world record holder anymore. And then she goes and runs 62.52. It's like, no, no, G'day is actually really good. G'day you is think, that
0: good. Do you think Lincoln, that's going to be, that that's going to go down as a freezing cold take by Lincoln. Do you think when he was watching this, he was like, are those streetlights helping her out? Like, I feel yeah. like every streetlight is turning on and then off. To like keep her on pace, uh, I think this isn't count because those street lights look like they're flickering.
1: There was a dude riding a bike with an Ethiopian flag the entire way on the sidewalk, which m- maybe had the same effect as as the lights. It might have been the phalanx of pacers that were around her at all times that had more of a more of an impact, but it turns out, yeah, the lights probably helped a little bit. She was helped a little bit but but Gade is good because she still beat a woman who had run sixty four by about a minute, so that's good. That's good no matter how you slice it. So, that's great. Yeah. That bad. Sorry. Bad, bad, uh, bad take for Lincoln, but that's all good.
0: Um Yeah, we all have them. I have a lot of them too.
1: So. Yeah, but you're still on this show. So I don't like I don't bring them for up now. as much. And also you you do them in such quick succession, and then you just like move on to the next one or the next one, and every one bad take has three folded into it. Lincoln will really focus and do he'll do like five to 10 minutes on, on something. And I remember we got, I don't know if it was emails or comments or something afterwards from people telling us, whereas yours, I think either people are used to them or again, they're just caught off guard by them. They don't, they don't respond as forcefully anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, most of my takes aren't prepared. Like I don't, I, they come in middle conversation. <laughs> you don't say. Like we're on the topic and we're talking about for seven minutes. It's not to like the seven minute mark where like, ooh, this is my take now. And then I just yeah. say it and you're like, okay, what? The Didn't vibe I got coming, with yeah.
1: Lincoln. Yeah. The vibe I got with Lincoln is he had been mad about lights for about 12 hours before we went on the show and had time to really plan it out and really flesh out the argument. And then people responded in kind. It was not he probably
0: the spur of the moment. He probably was just projecting his anger towards you because he probably just got back from home Depot and realized. It's going to cost like $1,000 to redo the lighting fixtures in his house. And he's like <laughs> taking it all out on lights. And it's like, oh, yeah. any, anything that sh- LEDs are all just dead to me. His That's shed is, is awesome. His shed. Shed well,
1: I think he thought, hey, this woman's 21 years old and she's this much better than everybody else. Clearly, it's because of the lights and the – he was more into the lights than the shoes. She was, she was downplaying. Which the problem is people get stuck in these binary things, and it could have been both. Which I don't know if I said this at the time, but I'll say it now. Where it's like, yeah, that helped, but also, and now we have the benefit of two years of her running to see, she's really good. Remember when Chalimo was on during her world record, uh, during the world record attempt, and he was going on about how, just didn't he call it at two k or something that she was going to break it? Yeah, Am I remember. Early. I remember this correctly yeah 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 and he was bas- he basically said, if she's on early, she doesn't move off of the pace. Like, this is what she does. She's able just to lock in and grind it out. She doesn't have the finishing kick of Safan Hassan, but she can grind out these laps. I remember Chilimo saying that, so it 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 kind makes perfect sense. Put her on the roads, put her behind some pacers, she'll run forever. She'll just click off three minutes a k. There
0: we go. Like and subscribe, subscribe to our podcast channel. There you go. Or, or uh, yeah, subscribe to our audio feed. But if you're listening on the audio feed, you're probably already subscribed. But if not, yeah. Hit it.
1: Th- yeah, yeah. I think I'll do Good Day. We have that Good Day World Record. So maybe I'll do that one for this week's race breakdown. That'll be on Friday. Gordon's NCAA Cross Country Show comes out tomorrow, and we'll be back on Wednesday. Another edition of the Flow Track Podcast. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Colt, the world's number one Minnesota Timberwolves fan. We'll talk to you guys next time.